0: Once again, that's 25% off your test by going to trylgc.com potential using the promo code potential25. Take charge of your physical health and well-being and let's get checked. series, video games, books, and more. This is Potential Picks.
1: Hello and welcome back to another exciting episode of Potential Picks. I'm your host, Chris Stewart. I'm joined by my co-host and fellow tourist, Taylor Sokol. Today, we're reviewing the second season of the hit black comedy drama anthology series, The White Lotus. This is on HBO and was created by Mike White. Uh, Yes, that same Mike White, who was uh, Jack Black's roommate in... School of Rock. Your attempt, dude. Hello, this is Ned (laughs) Schneebly. Ned Schneebly. Um, Yeah, White Lotus. We really enjoyed the first season. And uh, we knew that second season had been picked up. And we are definitely going to get a third season. Um, This one's set in Sicily. So this is going to be taking us to Europe. And we're going to have a little fun kind of Italian uh, adventure. With, again, that spin of commentary uh, unique characters and a potential uh, thriller crime something going on uh, on the lens here with another uh, great cast of characters um, and one of our main stars back uh, of course Jennifer Coolidge so uh, Taylor give us a brief synopsis of the White Lotus season two Uh, like the previous season this follows
0: uh, new guests who are attending White Lotus here in Sicily and the employees focusing on both them at this fictional resort chain uh, whose their stay is affected by their various psychosocial dysfunctions, if you will. Of course, yes, we have Jennifer Coolidge back and we got a whole brand new uh, cast of characters and we kind of see how not only their uh, stay kind of uh, affects their dynamic but also how all their dynamics will affect the other guests during this time. it was so exciting to come back. I remember the first season. I really liked, we really enjoyed it. Um, what I find Mike White does such a great job with the series, just like before is he just sets the tone from the intro title card where you have these really, Oh, beautiful, like paintings and stuff. And then it gets a little like creepy and the music, the atmosphere. I just love that with between the transition transitions or the openings, you just get a sense in awe of the beauty of where you're at, where before we were in Hawaii, we we're in the islands and that aloha spirit here. It's just like
1: mm-hmm. that
0: history. And, you know, both of us who have been, uh, have you been to Italy, Italy, correct?
1: I'm in Italy, yeah, yeah.
0: Okay, yeah. So both of us having been to Italy and kind of seen that, it is just such that that history and that just beauty that you're kind of just taken aback by it. But it's interesting just you have that, but there's this in this series is that sinister underbelly of something's quite not right
1: (laughs) well yeah it reminds me of when you watch like the da vinci code or angels and demons where there's all this great beauty and history but there's like these underlying uh threats or you know and in this one especially they have they talk about this this uh set of like porcelain masks or you know statues and they're everywhere like all the rooms have them And they say something about, like, these statues, you know, it's the eyes looking at, you know, this beheaded uh, thing. So, like, they just, throughout the whole seven episodes, we had seven episodes as opposed to six for the first season, There's just moments where they pan over to paintings or statues or art, and it does kind of give you a little bit of the creeps because you're like, the whole time, you know, it sets you up. And what was different about this one compared to the first season is, and this is not a spoiler, we're not doing spoilers today, the first episode starts with one of our main characters out in the water for her last swim or for a vacation and a yeah, body so right floats away. right by her <laughs> and then we literally hear like whoa and we hear the police say to you know we we made our new kind of uh head you know director you can say of this resort um that a couple you know not just one but a couple bodies were found and then it says one week later and uh, one sorry then it says one week earlier. So you're already in the mindset of who is going to die of this series.
0: Some guests are going to check in, but some of them are not going to check out.
1: <laughs> yeah. So it, it already kind of gets you like interested in who would do who in. And yes, what Mike White does so well, his writing is so good, is all these characters with their different vices, their different issues, their different really for a lot of them first world problems you start to notice the cracks of like, well, that person could possibly do something to that person because X, Y, Z, And all of these people are at the same resort. So they all connect in different ways. And that's what's just so fun about watching it is this really does become this kind of big pop cultural moment, just like the first season did. Everyone was waiting for the next episode and like, what's going to happen next? Who's going to do what? Um, So I love that about this show. And I think the first season was really great yeah,
0: and it was great about the first season is it focuses there's a bit of a theme here where the first one focuses about money how it kind of corrupts there yes. and and then you have with this italy sicily vibe of kind of sexuality and romance sex yes. relationships
1: romance um yes is a big part of this season and yeah the characters are fantastic so we kind of have it's kind of like a couple different little groups so we have first off We have the Degrassos, so we have F. Murray Abraham, the legend, who plays the grandfather, Michael Imperioli from Hello Sopranos, who we love, yeah, playing (laughs) Chris. He plays Dominic, the father, and then you have the youngest member, um, Adam DiMarco, who plays Albie. So we have like these three, you know, generation, and uh, you you know already find out things. About like clearly the dad had cheated. So, like, there's definitely a sex addict thing going on. The grandpa talks to and flirts with any <laughs> woman with yeah. legs in this entire you know series. So you can tell like it's a it's a generational thing, and I thought a lot of that writing was very interesting because albie does come off as a very innocent, kind of nice guy, but how yeah. some of that is tainted over the course of the show. Um, We have our two married couples who are there together on vacation. So we have Aubrey Plaza and Will Sharp, who play um, Harper and Ethan. And they're one set. Oh, my God. You need to stop. This is ridiculous. It's like, I don't know why she needs. She wants to keep climbing over. Just come around the corner and be on the floor. Psycho. Um, They play Harper and Ethan, who are one married couple. They have Theo James and Megan Faye play Daphne and uh, Cameron. And they're another married couple. So Cameron and Ethan used to be college roommates. And so much of the dynamic of these four was insane and fun to watch because there's already a rivalry of the couple that looks really happy, but clearly is doing a lot of yeah. stuff. On, on you know, when their partner's not there, then you have the couple that seems to be, fine but there's no sexual activity going on and just the dynamic of who's doing better, who's making more money, why are they not fun there was so much going on with that for I really really enjoyed the writing for those four characters and it it goes to some crazy places where again yes it does mind games play a lot of of this um so that was kind of I, I love those elements as we said Jennifer Coolidge is back. Um, as is John Grease, good old John Grease, as her husband, Greg. Um, and we have along with her, this her young assistant, Portia, played by Haley Lou Richardson, um, who I just felt so bad for this character the whole time because Tanya's like, he, she's supposed to be there for this vacation with Greg, but she mm-hmm. brings Portia along because she's a, a wreck. You know, she just doesn't yeah. know how to make decisions. She's just.
0: Uh, the first season, she's dealing with the death of her mother. Mm-hmm. And then this one, she's. This is, you know, her new marriage and she's kind of like dealing with inadequacy, like what's going on. And, and, you know, there's this underlying feeling that something's not quite right yet after their romance from the first season.
1: Yeah. So poor Portia, like is constantly having to be like, just stay in your room and just be at my beck and call. And of course she wants to get out and enjoy life. You know, she's just wants to, honestly, she wants to have some sex and, and party and, and she's just, you know, contain um and the other big part of this show is um some of the actual Sicily citizens. So we have a few members who work at the hotel itself, and then we have these two girls. We have um Lucia and uh Valentina. Oh no, Valentina's the god damn it, Mia. We have Mia and Lucia who are two prostitutes who uh or so we think, you know, that's kind of like how it's set up is that they're there to try to do what they do yeah. to make mm-hmm. some money off of these rich Americans, which I understand. And we have Valentina, who is the strict manager of the hotel. And so all these characters combined, there's some crazy stuff that goes on. And I think what was neat too, because the first season was, you know, Hawaii. So it was like no one really had to speak another language. In this, we have a lot of the Italian. So, like, yes, at times, Mia and Lucia do speak in English, but a lot of their dialogue is in Italian. Valentina talks a lot in Italian. I really enjoyed that element because it added added that romance element, too, because the Italian language is so beautiful to hear. But it also adds some they can say things to people when they're not around. And they don't know what they're talking uh, about. No, I, I agree.
0: Know. And I, I think it was, um I was a little bummed at first because we we loved Armand, the hotel manager from the first season. And because uh, yeah. he, he was such a yeah. personality, but I think again with Sabrina in, in Pachiatore, I hope I said that right. I, I'm doing the hand uh, gesture. Yeah. Uh, you have to on this podcast. Of course you have to. You can't, you can't see it, but it makes me sound better. But her playing uh, Valentina, her being this very strict manager and, you see that there's a lot of frustration in her own romantic life that she's not achieving. And, and then she's seeing, you know, other employees seem to have a little more fun and, you know, she's trying to, but I like that she was not over the top, especially, you know, could have been a very Italian stereotype. It wasn't, it was very reserved and it was a good change of pace of the hotel staff, kind of more subdued. I felt like we definitely focused a lot more on the guests. It was a little bit less on the staff on this one. I felt like where I felt like it was kind of equal part and parcel to the first season, but yeah, that really did add to that romanticness and, um, um, of, of the Italian culture. It is, I, I love those scenes where they were only speaking Italian. And I, and I, I loved it because I was like, I kept finding myself wanting to, Oh, I know that word. I could say that, that. So it definitely puts you in the feel and you're like, you were craving to want to be there want to be there in Sicily like you're just falling in love and you can see how this place almost could drive you a little mad if you if you will um the fact that it kind of lures you in and that's kind of how Mike White kind of depicted that
1: well yeah especially these two girls they they definitely have dreams that are bigger than what they're actually doing you know Lucia definitely has kind of this dream of going to America and being like a fashion you know uh store owner designer And Mia is a really beautiful uh, singer and piano player. And there's a whole storyline with that that was actually fun to watch. So it's also like, I love the element of the romance of you can maybe evolve from something you are now, which is for most people not a you know, good thing to be doing uh, making money, hustling people with sex, but maybe there's something bigger and better out there for them. Um, And the, The curveball of the show, which again, this is uh, in some of the trailers, so it's not like I'm giving away anything here. I'm not going to give too many details. The last kind of spin we have here is, you know, when you're on vacation, sometimes you meet people that uh, take interest in you, especially the rich will meet the rich and do what the rich do. We have Tom Hollander and Leo Woodall in here as Quentin and his nephew, Jack. Uh, Tom Hollander, of course, loved in so many things. I've had the pleasure of seeing him in a Broadway show as well. Uh, Most of you remember him from Pirates of the Caribbean 2 and 3. But he plays Quentin, who is his wealthy gay English expat, who um, his family owns one of the big homes there. And he's just kind of living his life and takes an interest in Tanya. And they kind of form a friendship. Um, And his nephew, Jack, takes a friendship with Portia. Um, There's some stuff with that that I really think was what a lot of the setup of the show was with the kind of Italian masquerade of like yeah things can look really beautiful and historic but there's stuff going on everywhere and again just the writing the the show has so many great you know it's not like an action-filled show yes there's a few moments where it's a little stuff going on it's these big scenes of just dialogue where you really start to see you see the cracks in some of these characters you see you know you get some back history um and you start to like it makes you think like did that really happen was that something that was just in their mind are they lying and that's i think the beauty of those stories that it keeps you guessing you
0: yeah know? i i would say more so this season than last season there was a lot of ambiguity there's a lot of up into interpretation you as the audience have to kind of decide what what to believe and why not to believe and then kind of fill in the gaps which A lot of people who may watch a show like this, they may be like, they want resolution. You're not going to get a lot of, there's a lot of loose ends and a lot of like, well, you know, especially in terms of like, not only just who makes it out alive in this, uh, you know, dark comedy, but also who makes it in the end with their prospective partner Mm -hmm. or their family. So it is very, I was, I found myself Googling. Quite a bit after I watched this, like, wait, what does this mean? What, you know? So I, I think Mike White does a really great job. And it was fun, actually, to go back after each episode, uh, if you haven't done so, do that, to see kind of what his interpretation of certain things and how he came up with that. Yeah, he, it just really is really a brilliant guy.
1: And he has said, as of right now, um, still kind of thinking of what they will do for the third season. Right now, the, the tease is that it might be somewhere in Asia. Um, so, uh, we definitely have a third season to look forward to. And as always, be interested to see which characters come back. Um, it seems to be somewhat of a trend as having at least one or two characters from each season, uh, you know, as this is a white lotus chain around the world. So, I mean, the possibilities are endless. And although it's only one season right now, this show does have quite a big viewership. And, you know, the first season got some Emmy Awards and things. So, I can definitely see um, if the third season, you know, is very popular, maybe the show will go on for a couple more seasons. I mean, the beauty of it is it is small scale. It's, you know, six, seven episodes. And you kind of have this really fun cast of some, you know, big swigs to some familiar faces to new characters. They could keep this going for a while as long as the writing continues. And this is a great show. So I really did enjoy the second season. I'm going to give the White Lotus season two eight out of ten. Uh, I'm really excited to see where Mike White takes it next.
0: It, it's up for me. I love it. And uh, you yourselves can go out there and check out both season one and two. It's streaming now on HBO
1: Max. And that was this edition of Potential Picks. Thanks for listening to the Potential Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at the Potential Podcast or on Twitter at the Potential Pod. Or you can email us.